Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. All right. Good morning. How many of you have seen The Greatest Showman? All right. This movie is so awesome. It fits into our At The Movie series, so we're so excited to share. I could tell when the music was going, you guys didn't really... I feel like I'm a disappointment when I come up after that. Like, uh, oh, it's him again. But we're going to watch more clips. And you're not so disappointed because my favorite partner in the whole world is here with me uh, to share together. Carrie and I are sharing together today because we have to leave for several weeks. That's the bad news. The good news is we will come back. Okay? So, you know, as... As missionaries, we have to go home every couple of years to raise our budget. We don't take a salary from the church because we don't want to be a burden to the church. So we raise our salary uh, from churches that sponsor us back home. And then we can come here and, and just be free to minister to you guys. But we'll definitely be back. God's called us here. Our, our whole vision, we're talking about vision today. Our vision is for you guys and for the city. So... Uh, as much as we hate to go, and we really hate it, I, Carrie said some things in the previous services that I was afraid might get our passports revoked, how much she doesn't want to go home, uh, or our moms get offended. So we, we do want to see our moms. I love you, Mom. Uh, and she may listen to the podcast. So, But we're excited to share with you. We want to talk about vision. You know, vision is very important to us here. Even the statement that... Hugh Jackman playing P.T. Barnum makes in the trailer even, saying no one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. And that is at the heart of our vision here at Icy Maidon. That, I mean, you see on the back wall, make a difference. Our, our goal and our, our vision, one of them at least, is to encourage you to make a difference in your families, in your communities, and in your city. And no one makes a difference by being like everyone else. If you're like every other person in Maidon, you'll never make a difference. But God has called us to be different. Didn't we just spend like, it feels like we spent three months talking about different when we were reading through 1 Peter and 2 Peter. Peter's whole message was the same thing. Hey, no one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. You've been called to be different. That's the message for the church. So today as we look at the greatest showman as a, a modern day parable for us and learn some things about God and, and truths about God for our life, um, we'll use the greatest showman for this. And you guys know, I, I'm used to talking by myself every week, so if I'm going too long and you need to hear Carrie, Metha, just give me this sign. Like, hey. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I am privileged and honored to be able to sit here with my wonderful husband uh, <laughs> this morning and share. But we really do. <laughs> we really do um, love you guys. And as we were praying and preparing for this message and, um, you know, just thinking about this movie, and it's, it's about this guy that's a visionary. And that's what we want to help you see today. See, we want to help you see yourself as a visionary. And we believe that, you know, God has got a great plan for your life. And so today, that's, that's really the goal of this message is to help you see your life the way that, that God wants you to see it. And so who's ready for another clip from the movie? All right, let's roll the next clip. This is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, your sweat soaking through the floor. Buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, 
And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's with this moment, don't care what comes after Your fever dream catches you, getting closer To surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over It's fire, it's freedom, it's flooding open Thank you so much, Mr. Jeffries. Thank you. I love that scene. That the guy in this movie is such a visionary, and I love every time I watch it. it I, I don't know. I get more excited. So, how many people has seen this movie? This is like my favorite movie. If you guys know from like us sharing before, I always fall asleep in movies. It's like, I don't know what happens. I, I have every intention. I want to see the movie. I get psyched up. I sit down and then I just go into a coma. Like, I can't help it. But this, this movie was like, it, I stayed awake through it. And I actually yeah. like went back. Our date nights, movie nights are a lot of fun. I end up watching a movie by myself. It's the worst if it's a sad movie because I'm sitting there crying and I have <laughs> tissue and I look over and she's like, <sighs> she's like, oh my gosh. A grown man crying by himself, it just feels weird. But this movie was like, I don't know. I, I went to the movies like three times to see it and I think I've seen it like six times in all. So when we were talking about what movie should we do together, this was like the perfect choice. And there's so many messages in this movie. Um, so we're, we're so excited to be able to share about it. And today we're, you know, we're talking about vision. And a lot of times, um, you know, people ask like, how, what does that look like? Like, how do you, how can you see what a vision looks like for your life? And so, you know, we were thinking like, what better way to share than just maybe from some of our personal stories and, and kind of share like a, a personal timeline of, of our life and what God's done in our lives. Um, but, you know, in our family, um, we, we have values. Since our kids were really small, we always taught them, um, you know, just that God had created them for a purpose. From, from the time that they were very small, we, everything that happened, every decision that they make in their life, it, it all has to do with what is God's plan and will for your life. And you must learn how to hear from him and how, how to know how to follow God's will for your life. It doesn't mean that, you know, they have to grow up and become a pastor or be a missionary in the church. They can just follow God in, in whatever area of their life um, that God calls them to. And for us, you know, as your pastors, we're really passionate about all of you and to see you as visionaries and to see you living out the life that God created you for and to live that to the fullest. And we really consider you our spiritual sons and daughters. And so the, the same values that we uh, want to teach our kids and that we have for them, we also feel that very strongly for each one of you. You know, I was, as we were thinking and praying and planning for this message, I was thinking about a lot of you. Every, every week, like, I can come and I, and I see your faces, and throughout the week I think about you, and, I, and when, when God brings you to mind, I pray for you, but 
it, it's a great honor for us to be able to be in your life and to see the journey that God has you on. And there's so many of you that, you know, I, I think about and I'm like, man, I can just see that God has been doing a work in this person's life and that person's life. And, you know, I was thinking about like our staff. We have like the most amazing staff. These guys are like awesome. <laughs> we have Stella here on the front row and and Kosi and I mean, uh, every one of them, and, and they all have a story, and I just, I love thinking about their lives, and from the first time we met them, and just seeing, uh, until now, just their faith in God, and just how God is using them, and and we're like proud parents, like anytime we see, you know, them, like, respond in a certain way or something, we're like so, so proud, and and we feel the same way, you know, for, for a lot of you, and so, um, so today, that's our prayer for you, just the same that we pray for our kids is that we want nothing more than to see you living your life to the fullest in what God's created you for. All right. Are you guys ready for another clip from the movie? This is another clip just to keep uh, painting this picture of being a visionary and, and having a vision and believing something even when you don't see it. So let's take a look at this uh, quick clip. Close my eyes and I can see a world that's waiting up for me that I call my own. Through the dark, through the door, through where no one's been before, but it feels like home. They can say, they can say it all sounds crazy. They can say, they can say I've lost my mind I don't care, I don't care, so call me crazy We can live in a world that we design Cause every night I lie in bed The brightest colors fill my head A million dreams are keeping me So this just paints more of a picture of this young boy who has a vision. He, he believes that he's going to be something great one day. And as we see him in the movie, um, even in the beginning when he's looking in the shop window and he sees the, the top hat like Gary was wearing earlier. And actually, I wanted to wear a hat like that. Carrie told me no. Um, I think partly because I wanted her to wear a beard, you know, like in the... So, I don't know if she was saying no to the hat or no to the beard, but I thought we would look really... Okay. Um, we'll move on. But uh, anyway, Gary had the hat, so I was like, okay, great. That was part of my vision, so I was able to see it. But seeing this boy looking in the, the shop window, he's just on the streets, he's, he's poor. Even he looks down, he can see his toe through a hole in his shoe. And when we think about this of still having a vision... You know, when the world, we sang it earlier that I am who he says I am. Often the world sees us differently or we see ourselves differently. We see with earthly eyes. Imagine this young boy on the streets. It would be easy to see himself as worthless, useless, no value, no future. I'm never going anywhere. Imagine what it takes to be able to have a vision and see yourself uh, differently, being a visionary. In the Bible, uh, we look in the book of Genesis, actually all throughout the Bible, there's different people with vision, visionaries, men and women of faith. But in Genesis chapter 37, there's a visionary that, much like the boy in the movie, receives a vision when he's just a young boy. It's Joseph. In Genesis 37, we see this young boy, and God gives him a dream. He gives him a vision that he's going to be a great leader someday. Imagine that as a young boy. And, you know, as, as a, a younger brother even, he's sharing with his brothers, one day I'm going to be a great leader. I'm even going to lead you guys. 
How many of you would love that from your little brother or sister, you know? I mean, in that story, I think sometimes we can relate to the other guys. Yeah, I don't like Joseph either right now. But, you know, he had this vision, and I don't think he understood it all the time. He didn't, he maybe didn't verbalize it well to his brothers and to his parents, even dad, I'm going to lead you one day. But he had this vision and God gave it to him and it was real. And he had a passion for it. He had a zeal. Sometimes as humans, we can let that get ahead of us, but it doesn't take away the fact that, that Joseph was a visionary. God gave him this vision that he would be a great leader. And so the, the first point, we have three easy points for us today. But the first one for you is this, ask God for vision. If you don't know what the vision is for your life, for your family, for your business, for your ministry, what God's vision is for you, what his purpose is, all you have to do is ask him for it. It's so important that we know vision is, is knowing a destination. Vision is having a, di a direction. If we don't have vision, I read a quote this week. It says, a man without a vision will always return to his past. If we don't have vision, we tend to get in cycles. How many of you in your life have felt like you lived in cycles? You know, I, I, I know even for me, early on as a, as a new Christian, imagine those cycles even when you're like, man, I'm on fire for God. I want to live for God. I want to I do what God's called me to do. And then the cycle, I fell back into sin that I used to be involved in. Now I'm depressed. Now I'm lonely. Now I feel shame and guilt and, and unworthy. And, and someone told me that God forgives me and I've come back around at this, this cycle you know, with the ups and downs. And it just, we tend to go back to the past. No vision. We just go in circles. Imagine driving around Maidon. You don't know where you're going. No destination. Just get in the car. I'm just going to go somewhere. Often we live our lives like that. It's no wonder we, we just circle back around going back to our past, you need to have a vision for your life. I think so many of the songs in this movie, they seem like they came straight from Scripture. They seem like they, someone read the gospel and got the lyrics for the songs. Even this one called Come Alive, and I want to share, share with you just a few of the lyrics. It describes this part of life when we're just going in cycles, when we have no vision. It says, you stumble through your days, got your head hung low, your sky's a shade of gray, like a zombie in a maze. You're asleep inside, but you can't shake awake. How many of you sometimes in your life have felt like just a zombie in a maze? I'm just, I'm just living life. I'm just going through the motions. I, I don't know where I'm going. I just hope that eventually I'll find the exit and suddenly the angels are singing and I found my purpose. But I don't have a vision. Maybe you feel like... You're just asleep and you can't wake up. No passion, no fire, no excitement. Some other lyrics say, to anyone who's bursting with a dream. Those are some of the people I believe this message is for today. I believe there's people in this room and there's something inside of you, a dream, a vision, a passion that is almost bursting out of you. Something where maybe like Joseph, you know there's, there's a vision, there's something. This message is for you today. Maybe you're here and the next lyric fits you to anyone who's searching for a way to break free. Maybe you're in that cycle. Man, I'm so tired of being excited about God and failing and excited about God and failing. You want to break free. This message is for you today because you can break free from that. And the other lyric, and we know we can't go back again to the world that we were living in. Once you find that vision, once you have that purpose that God has for you, you can't go back to the old life again. We can't give up and say, you know, I'll just be who I used to be. We can't go back. If you're a Christian in this place today, you can't go back. There's something so much more important. I love in one of the other songs, uh, The Greatest Show, it has a lyric that says, buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to sing these, but you guys know. In your head, you're hearing it. You're hearing Hugh Jackman, but I'm just saying it. Um, but think about that. Buried in your bones, this ache that you can't ignore, a vision that God's put inside of you. I believe there's people in this room right now, there's something inside of you, and you have felt that aching for a while. You know there's something there. God wants more. God, 
God is pushing you to something. He's called you to something. Jeremiah knew this feeling. We read from the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament. In chapter 20, verse 9, he said, talking of God's words, he said, His word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. That's why I think, man, did they get these lyrics from Scripture? Jeremiah, Jeremiah had already described that aching in the bones. It's, there's a fire in my bones. I can't, I can't ignore it. God's got a plan. God's got something for me. I may not see all of it right now, but there's vision. So we want to make sure today that, that you leave here seeking vision. That, like Carrie said, I want all of you to leave here today as visionaries. Ask God for a vision if you don't know what it is yet. And it's not following your heart. Let me say one more thing before I, I pass it on. It's not about following your heart. Often the world says, just follow your heart. Maybe some of you in here today have gotten that advice from someone. We're like, hey, just follow your heart. Our hearts are stupid. Can I just say it like that? The, the heart of man is stupid very often. It's foolish. Our hearts are what lead us into sin. You know, how many of you have followed your heart to bad places? And you get there like, whoa, this is, we shouldn't follow our heart. You need to follow his word that's a fire in your bones. We follow God's word. We follow his vision for our life. We don't just follow our heart. We don't just follow the de desires and passions of men and women. We need to follow his vision for our lives. Yeah. I'm so thankful that, you know, early on in our walk with God, that there was someone in our life that told us, God created you. He saved you for a purpose. And so early on, we realized, like, God has a purpose for us. So, you know, even praying about vision and purpose and direction, we didn't even know how to do that. And, and now, today, as, as, you know, we were thinking back over the years and, and, and just kind of seeing that, you know, God never told us everything from the beginning. He kind of speaks to us and, like, he gives us little pieces. He, like, you know, leads us step by step. And, you know, I remember, like, when we first started following Jesus, and the first vision for us was, you know, that God has called us to something, and we need to learn how to follow him, learn how to read his word, how, how to pray, and how to just speak to him and talk to him. And, and I remember as we're, we're kind of going through, you know, our, our walk and our journey, and then God starts to speak to us about, you know, I, I have a plan for your family, I want you to, you know, have a vision for your family. I want you to teach your children about me. I want you to teach them that they have a plan and a purpose. And I want you to learn how to be husband and wife, how, how you can uh, lead a spiritual godly home. And we started learning, and God was so patient with us and teaching us step by step. And as we're focused on our family and in our, on our marriage and on our personal lives, then we ended up going on a short-term missions trip, and God spoke to us again and said, okay, now I want you to know that I'm going to send your family to another country to, to share about me. And I remember we came home. I think we've shared this before, but we came home from that trip so excited that we sold everything, like everything we had. We sold our bed. We sold our sofa. We sold everything. And you know, like when God speaks to us, sometimes like we feel like it's going to be instant. Like we're going. God spoke to us. We're going. I know. I heard from God. We're going. But it was five years later before we actually ended up in Indonesia. So we went a long time, like a long time sleeping on the floor. Then we had, we had <laughs> friends that felt bad for us and they yeah. don donated a bed to us because <laughs> we sold ours. Yeah. We were really zealous. Like it you know, God had saved us from so much. It was like when God spoke to us, we were so excited. We didn't know what to do with it. So we like told everybody. I could kind of relate to Joseph because, you know, our family, they knew us from our previous life. And when we're telling them we're going to go overseas to share about him, they were like, you guys are ridiculous. You're going to get over this. And, you know, but we held that in our heart. And through those, those times after that, of course, you know now that God did fulfill that that promise and that vision. And we did, our family did move to Indonesia and, and it didn't stop there. He showed us then, Hey, now I want you to learn how to lead your family in this country. That's not your own and learn the language. And you learn how, you know, to live here and serve me here. And, and 
we were faithful for many years doing that and happy with that until in 2006 when God said, now I want you to come and, and plant a church in Maidan. And then you guys have heard the story a lot, and we'll, go, we'll share a little bit more in just a little bit. But every one of those steps, there were like years in between. But that's how God speaks. And, if, and I believe, we, we both believe that you guys, God, is, God has a vision and a plan for your life. And even if it's just that one step, he wants to show you that. And, and so today as we're speaking and as we're sharing, um, our prayer is that the, those things, God's speaking to your heart, it just, your heart gets stirred today and that you leave here as visionaries. Yeah, Joseph was given a vision, but he needed to be developed. There was a, there was a process. There was a, a, a time of waiting for God's timing not moving in his own timing, you know? I think when we see his brothers getting so angry at him, he's getting ahead of the timing, you know? And as humans, we want things instant. Carrie and I just recently bought ourselves a gift, a, a new microwave. Those are the kind, when you've been married 23 years, those are the romantic gifts you get for each other. <laughs> Hi, honey, a microwave. Oh. But we had had a microwave we bought in 2003 in Surabaya, when we, our first year in the country. It just died last year. I mean, just like a few months ago. It was like the greatest electronic we've ever had, uh, aside from her hair dryer that she bought in 2003. It is still going. So we're going to put them in a box and bury them in our backyard like a time capsule. So one day people will see these amazing things from 2003 and... Well, it still works, the hairdryer, you know. But our microwave died, and, you know, I, I like microwaves because when we want to eat, we want to eat in, like, one minute. You know what I mean? Like, I'm hungry now. Last night, oh, I shouldn't confess this. How many, how many of you ever regret the midnight me goring? <laughs> Last night, we're like, man, I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Yeah. Let's make some me goring. So I made the me goring, but... You can't microwave me goring, not that I know of. So it's like uh, getting the pan out and all this stuff. It's so repo. Why can't we just eat it in one minute, even wait for the water to boil and whatever? You know, we like things instant. I like the microwave because I can pop my food in there and it's instant. We have instant popcorn. This popcorn wasn't instant. You guys have the real stuff. At home, we have microwavable popcorn. We pop it in the microwave, put it on for two minutes, boom, we have popcorn. But we like things instant, but there's, there's a process often. When God gives you a vision, there's often a, a process. Carrie was sharing some of the process. We didn't just feel like, God didn't just give us a vision. Hey, I want you to serve me in Indonesia. And we fly out here and start a church, and then there's 500 people every Sunday. It's been a process. Many of you have been here along the way. You've been a part of that process. You're a part of the vision. But there, there were years and years put into this. And, and for Joseph, I believe he was someone that had faith, that he believed. It's something, you know, we talk about personality tests sometimes. And Stella knows we like personality tests with the staff, and we take those things. And Carrie and I score really high on belief, on faith. We can trust God. That's why we can hear a vision from God. Hey, I want you to plant a church in Maidan. We can hear it in 2006 and hang on till September 2014 without ever doubting. I never doubted it. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just saying it's a gift that God's given us that we can believe. There's other things we may be lacking, but I don't give up on what God's told me. If he gives me a vision, I can hang on Salama Lamanya. I can really hang on Sampai Maranatha. You know, like I won't ever give up on it. If God puts something in my heart, I will hang on. We waited for eight years to see the church with our own eyes. And I know some of you in this room, God's given you a vision. He's promised you something. He's told you something. There's something in your heart, and you may have given up on it by now because it's been some time, and you've waited. It didn't happen in one minute. It wasn't a microwave vision. You have to believe. It leads to the second point. Believe in the vision even when it's not visible. Even when you can't see it, just keep trusting. Just keep believing. Joseph, imagine this as a young boy. He has this vision. 
he's going to be a great leader. Then his brothers sell him into slavery. Could you imagine? Put yourself in that position for a moment. How many of us would have given up on the vision right then? God, you lied to me. God, you disappointed me. God, I thought you had great things for me. My brothers hate me. My family sold me. I'm a slave now. What great leader? What vision? How many of us have been in that place and we have given up? How many of us have been there and a hard time comes in your life and you think, maybe I was just hearing things. Maybe it's not true. And we give up on it. We have to believe in the vision even when it's not visible. Here's the things that were said, said about Joseph. In uh, Genesis 39, 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. That's why he was a slave. What it tells me is Joseph didn't give up on the vision. Even as a slave, he knew God has called me to be a great leader. Do you know what Joseph did? He became a great slave. He was a great man as a slave. He was a great leader among slaves. Potiphar saw that God was with Joseph, and he put Joseph in charge of his entire house. I mean, Joseph may have thought for a moment, hey, this must be part of the vision. I'm in charge of Potiphar's house. I am a, I, I've become a leader. And then after that, he's sent to prison. He's accused falsely. He didn't do anything wrong, and he's sent to prison. You know, maybe some of us sitting today are thinking, you know, okay, I could have gotten through the slavery part and kept trusting God, but then when I went from being a slave to a prisoner, that's it for me, God. I'm out. But Joseph, it says in uh, verses 20 through 21, but while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. And the prison guards saw that God was with Joseph. They put Joseph in charge of the prison. He was in charge of all the prisoners. Imagine this guy for a moment as Carrie and I are trying to help you see your life differently, to envision things differently, to see with spiritual eyes instead of earthly eyes. Imagine Joseph in prison. He decides, I'm going to be the greatest prisoner that's in this place. What can God do with that kind of heart? When wherever we are, we decide, I'm going to be the best right here. I read a quote this week that says, hold the vision and trust the process. Joseph never let go of the vision, but he trusted the process. He trusted God. He trusted that, that there was a vision, and he never let go of it. I believe, sadly, many people let go of the vision when they don't see it. When the hard times come, when the struggles come, we give up on it. Don't give up on the vision. Joseph never doubted God was with him. As a slave, as a prisoner, he never doubted. He saw brief glimpses of the vision. As a slave, as a prisoner, he saw a little bit, but he never gave up. I was thinking about this this week, that if you aren't a good man or a good woman in the low places, why would God raise you up to more? Why would God raise us up? If we're not, if we're not being the, the greatest we can wherever we are, why would God lift us up? If we aren't faithful with little things, why would God put more into our hands? Often we want to immediately move to a place of position or we immediately want power or we immediately, oh, God's called me to ministry. I want to be on the stage in the front. It's not something that, that happens immediate. There's a process. And if we can show we're faithful with whatever's in our hands, God will raise us up to more. Joseph decided, you know what? I'm a slave. I'm going to be the best slave. I'm a prisoner. I'm going to be the best prisoner. Wherever we are being the best, keeping our faith in God. Um, back to the lyrics from the song Come Alive, there's this part that says, I can see it in your eyes. You believe that lie. Those are the lies we believe when we don't see the vision yet. When Satan's whispering to your, into your ears saying, it's never going to happen. It's finished. You're done. Give up. Something bad happens. And he says, see, God's not real. God doesn't love you. God can't really forgive you. God hasn't really spoken to you. Those are all lies. And we can't give up on the vision. We have to, even when we don't see it, we have to keep believing. Yeah, I love that part. Hold the vision, trust the process. And, you know, I'm so thankful today for the process. And 
you know, I shared about, you know, just the, the different stages in, in our life's timeline of when God showed us the next vision or the next step for our life. But I was remembering this week of even when the first time that God spoke to us and, and told us that we, we would be going and serving him overseas. And it was a five-year time like that. That's a long time. And when this happened, uh, Savannah was already maybe two years old, our oldest and then Isaiah was maybe, um, I guess he was like a year and a half or two years old. And in this time, I get pregnant again with um, our third child, Nehemiah, which is, he goes by Nemo, but his name is really Nehemiah. But so I give birth to him. And then it's like, it feels like this time is never coming. And I remember this, this, um, this moment, I was like, you know what? Maybe we made it up. Maybe we just thought we heard God. And so I started having this, we call it nesting, where you just want to settle down. And so I had actually driven around and looked at houses, and I found one because I was ready to just settle down so we could get our own house, be a normal family instead of waiting for this promise that it, it literally felt like it was never coming. So I remember I like went to see this house with the realtor a couple times. I had a notebook. Every room was decorated. I knew exactly how I would decorate it, and it was going to be perfect. And I remember one night we were talking, and I was just laying in bed and reading God's word, and he spoke to me. And it was through the book of Haggai. And like, who reads through Haggai? But I was in the book of Haggai, and I remember till this day so clearly, the scripture said, why do you waste your time adorning your houses when my house lies in ruins? My house isn't finished yet. And it felt like the Lord said, hey, I called you to go to another country to serve me. That's my, I called you to do that. And I remember I threw the notebook away and I, we talked and I was like, okay, I, the whole house dream, I, I'm just laying it down, you know. And, but I'm saying that to tell you that how in that process it's so powerful because there were things that God built in me, that God built in us that could have never could have never gotten there had we not walked through those things. I remember, you know, even from that eight years that we were waiting for that promise or that vision of this church that I'm looking out at all your faces, which is a miracle. It is literally a miracle that this church is here because I remember we, we spent, we came, we lived in Java first and then we moved to Maidan and we lived here for a couple of years. And I would say that those first years in Maidan were the hardest of our entire life. I mean, literally. And my kids would probably tell you that those were the most difficult years. And I remember at the end of that term, you know, we, we would always go and we would pray and ask God, what do you want for this next season of our life? And, you know, we had already heard a couple years ago about this church, this, that God had put that in our hearts. But I was at the moment where I was, our first child was leaving home and it, it was really, really difficult for me. And, and I had actually grieved for many years anticipating this day that it would come where we, we would start to have to separate from our kids. And we came here. We actually stayed at this hotel here and, and to pray. And, and I really came in my heart to tell God, I'm finished here. I've served you, and I'm ready to go home. I want to be with my kids. I don't want to be separated. And God spoke so clearly to us and said, I want you to come back. It's time to plant this church. And there was a process. I mean, even though I heard God and I knew that God spoke that, it, there was a process that even I had to go through of really, again, just laying down what I wanted and my desires to follow him. And I'm so thankful for that process. I could even explain to you that there was one whole year of so many things God did in my life to the, to, I, to the point to where I remember I said, you know, when we landed here and after we had gone through all of these things, we, our daughter, we got her set up in America and then we flew back here and, and I remember we hit the ground, our plane hit the ground here in Maidan and we looked at each other and we said, it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. You know, we were, we're leaving part of our family and this is hard, but God spoke to us and we're not going to hold back. And, and 
And that's why now I can look out at your faces and see this miracle that I'm not saying we're great. I'm saying that God is faithful. And when we are faithful and when we trust and we don't give up, even when it hurts, even when it's not something that we necessarily want to do, I promise you, you will see God's goodness and you will see his faithfulness in your life. And God wants you to see something that you're not currently seeing in your life. God wants you to trust him. God wants to show you things. He wants you to see things as they can be. God likes to give vision, and he wants us to trust him. Carrie was talking about times of waiting, and in our lives, we just went through uh, Peter's writings, and we see the times of suffering, and there's times of pain. When you have vision, it gives pain purpose. When you have vision, it gives the times of waiting purpose. You know something's going on. God's doing something. I have a vision. There's a destination. There's a direction. I can, I can accept what's going on now because I understand where I'm going. It makes it, in the times of waiting, it makes it easier. I know where I'm going. I know the vision. I can hang on. If I have to wait five years, if I have to wait eight years, I'm not ever going to let go. That's the, the mindset we have to have. The vision gives purpose. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, we live by faith, not by sight. And you guys know we live by faith. We have to have faith. We, we're believing in things we don't see. Faith is a part of this world. In the next world, in heaven, there's no faith anymore because we see everything. You don't have to have faith in heaven. You don't have to, to believe this or wait for that. It will be there visible. But while we're here on earth, we have to live by faith until we will live by sight. And there will be a time when we live by sight. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And I added yet, because when God gives you vision, when God promise you, promises you something, when he puts that, that, that desire in your heart, you're going to see it. When he gives you vision... I wouldn't tell you, hey, ask God for vision if I didn't believe that you're going to see it. I know for a fact. I've seen, I see you guys now. I see your faces. I can see what God gave me as a vision years ago. Joseph has this time where he's living by faith. It doesn't look like he'll ever be this great leader, a slave, a prisoner. But we know that that was just a process and a time was coming where he was going to see the vision. We read about it in Genesis 41, 41. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Joseph finally comes from a slave to a prisoner to the Wakil Pharaoh, right? The assistant Pharaoh, the representative of the Pharaoh. Pharaoh puts a ring on Joseph's finger. Could you imagine that moment? Let me tell you this. If Joseph had not been a great slave, he could have never helped to lead Egypt. If he had not been a great prisoner, he could have never been Pharaoh's assistant. He would have never seen that ring on his finger. Imagine this moment where all of this believing and trusting and this walking by faith, imagine that moment that at any point he could just given up and said, you know what, it must not be true. If God were with me, I wouldn't be in prison. I'm just a stupid boy. I made this up. I, it, it can't be real. I'm worthless. My family doesn't even love me. But he held on to the vision. He trusted the process. And then Pharaoh puts that ring on his finger. Just imagine that moment there where he saw with his own eyes what he had been trusting in. Which leads to the last point. And could I ask, Melvin, would you come and help us, please? The last point is this. When God gives vision... You will see it with your own eyes. You will see it with your own eyes. What is that vision that God's put in your heart? What is that passion that God's put there? What is aching inside of your bones? What is like a fire? What is, what is that that's bottled up and you're like, man, I've been waiting, maybe waiting so long, I, 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 did, I don't even believe it's going to happen anymore. What is that thing? You will see it with your own eyes. The whole Bible, the whole story that, that we read in Scripture, it's a story of redemption. It's a story of a people in need of a Savior. And God 
sends his son to save us, to rescue us. It's a whole story of redemption. A people that, that, that were created but don't know what they're created for. No purpose, no vision. But God gives a vision. God gives meaning to life. God gives value. God gives worth. I want us to see one more video clip before we close. And this video clip sort of ties in the movie to this point of redemption for P.T. Barnum, the visionary. He had this vision. He saw great things. But somewhere along the way, he lost track. He fell off the path. He failed. He, he, he sinned. He hurt people he loved. There were all these things where it all just fell apart. And then this moment in this scene we're going to watch, we see a man who finds redemption. We see a man who's rescued, and the vision can be seen again. The destination can be seen. The, the purpose is clear again. And I, I want to give a disclaimer because this whole scene is in a bar. So you know me. You know I'm not telling you guys we should all go drink in the bar and sing together, okay? You guys know Carrie and I don't drink alcohol. But so just look past that and look for this moment of redemption. I saw the sun begin to dim and felt that winter wind blow cold. A man learns who is there for him when the glitter fades and the walls won't hold. Cause from that rubble, what remains can only be what's true. If all was lost, there's more I gained. Cause it led me back to you. drink champagne with kings and queens the politicians praised my name but those were someone else's dreams the pitfalls of the man I became for years and years I chased their cheers a crazy speed of always needing more but when I stop and see you here I remember who all this was for And from now on These eyes will not be blinded by the lights From now on What's waited till tomorrow starts tonight It starts tonight
right. Would you mind standing with me, please? I love that scene of redemption. He sees what it's all for. He sees the vision. He sees the purpose for his life. Everything comes back together. Everything that, that he had waited for since he was a young boy, here he sees it, and he's chasing after it. And his anthem is saying, from now on, I hope that would be an anthem for you today, that you would say, hey, from now on, I'm going to seek God's vision for my life. If you don't know what it is, just say that today. From now on, God, I'm going to seek your vision for my life. If you know that vision and you've given up on it, if it's been years and you felt like, man, I, I can't wait any longer. The suffering has caused you to doubt it. You've believed lies that it's never going to happen. God's not going to answer you. You believe maybe God failed you. I would hope today you say, from now on, God, I'm going to live for you. From now on, I'm going to live according to the vision that you've put in my heart. I'm going to feel that fire again. I'm going to feel that, that aching again. I'm not giving up. Believe even when the vision is not visible. Believe in it. And you will see it with your eyes. Whatever it is that God's put in your heart. If, if you're here today and maybe you've fallen off track. Maybe like P.T. Barnum in the movie, you lost your way. Just say, from now on, I'm going to change. I'm not going to wait till tomorrow. In the song, it's saying, what's waited for tomorrow starts tonight. For us, it starts this morning. Whatever it is, quit putting things off. Tomorrow, I'll get things straight. Tomorrow, I'll get my life together. Tomorrow, I'll ask God to give me vision. I, I'm, I'm finishing school right now. I, I've, got, I've got plans. I've got dreams. Tomorrow, after I'm married, I'll, I'll get it together. Tomorrow, tomorrow. What's waited for tomorrow starts this morning. God can give you vision this morning. God's ready to forgive you this morning. God's ready to wash you clean this morning. God's ready to give you freedom this morning. Redemption is right now. The scripture says that today is the day of salvation. We all know that tomorrow is a, is a destination that we're not promised, but we're promised this morning. Don't let anything wait till tomorrow. 